So today we are getting back into Acts. We're going to get back into the book of Acts. And it's been a while. It, it's um, been since before Christmas. So I want to remind us just a little bit of where we've been in Acts. We left off in Acts 6, actually. And what we were seeing is that there was, there was a food distribution going on and there was people being missed out. So there was a problem that came up. And we saw the apostles handled it. They addressed it. They didn't ignore it. They saw there was an actual problem. They didn't blame each other. They didn't point fingers at each other. And what they did is they then placed people in the right position to do to work together as a body. So the whole body was working together. So the body was functioning as it should be. So that each person could use their gifts and use their strengths and be great in the role they were playing. Not just good because they were stretched too thin, because they were doing too many things, but they were, ger- they were great together as a body. And during Acts 6, if you remember, we were introduced to a person named Stephen. And I said, we're going to talk more about him later, but we, we were mentioned to him, and we're going to talk more about Stephen in the next couple of weeks. But in verse 3 of chapter 6, we see some qualities of Stephen, some things that, that, that were that people saw in Stephen. And there was, if you remember, there were seven people chosen to, to solve this problem, of, to do the food distribution. And it says that these seven people were full of the spirit and wisdom. And then in verse 5, it goes on, it says, Stephen, they specifically say this about Stephen, Stephen is described as a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So just those things, that's not a bad combination to have right there. You're full of the spirit, you're, you have wisdom, you have faith, and what we're going to see is that Stephen had a little bit more going for him, that we see that Stephen, I'm going to say that Stephen had a complete package, that this is a complete package of, from God, the complete package of God filling him with all of these qualities, that it wasn't Stephen doing it himself, that it was the Holy Spirit in him, and it, he was having all of these qualities. So let's look up, let's begin in Acts 6, we're going to start in verse 8, we're going to go through verse 15. So follow along with me. It says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blasphemy Moses and even God. They roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of the religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, This man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. We have heard him say that this is Jesus of Nazareth, will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. At this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angel. And we don't know how much time has passed between Stephen being appointed to, to be one of the people to take care of the food distribution to this role. So we don't know how much time has passed in this interaction. But something we can pick up this is starting in verse 8. We see some two more qualities of Stephen. 
being said about him. It says he's full of grace and he's full of power. So let's just look at that all together. This is your fill in the blank. It says God fills us with the Holy Spirit, with wisdom, with faith, with grace, and power. That's a pretty complete package, I think. We, were, we had all of those things that were said about us. That Stephen's, he's, with that, I, Stephen's going to be fully equipped to do the work that God had for him. We don't read anywhere that Stephen was really anything special. He wasn't a celebrity. He, he was just a normal person like you and I. That, but he put his faith in Jesus. And all of these qualities are ones that God provided. And so there's no difference. God can do the same in us. When we surrender our lives, all of these qualities that Stephen had are also ones that are available to us. It's nothing special that Stephen was. He's just like you and I. So let's look at these. So, so we have the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit that Jesus said is going to come, right? He told his apostles, You're, there's going to be a helper. There's going to be this helper that's going to come. And the helper did come. We saw in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit came upon all the believers. We saw the power that came with that. And then there's wisdom. There's wisdom in this knowledge that comes from God. That, that people that are close to him, like, for instance, Solomon. Solomon was asked what was one thing, and it's wisdom. So God gave him wisdom, gave him knowledge. And then there's faith in God. Faith in God that, that you know that what God says is true. You know his word is true. That you have faith in this provides some confidence it provides confidence in God confidence that the promises in God are, are 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 true and accurate faith knowing that God will provide in our times of struggle faith really that God's got our back all the time even when it doesn't seem like it and then there's grace grace that we have for those in need yes it's the grace that we've we've received but it's, it's more than that. It's, it's this extending of grace. It's grace that we have for one another. It's grace that we, when we serve one another, when we volunteer and help, when we see people in need, it's the goodwill that we have for one another to provide care, to provide help for each other. And as we'll see in, 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 in the second part of verse 8, what it said is that Stephen's performing great miracles and signs because of this grace he has for people. But he also is doing this because of the power. The power that, yes, the Holy Spirit is giving him power, but we've looked in the, in the Acts before earlier last year. We looked at the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. When we prayed, when Tim was up here and pray, prayed and other people prayed, like we pray in the name of Jesus. Why do we do that? Because there's power in his name. So Stephen, who is fully committed to God, and as a result, we see him performing. He's given all of these gifts, all of this, 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 pack, this complete package that he has. And you see people are seeing him, these miracles and these signs and these wonders are performed. That wasn't just that time. Those miracles and those signs are still happening today. Miracles and signs that I, I've seen them happen right here in this room. If you remember, last year we had a couple times where we had a, just... I spoke for a very short time, and we just prayed for people. And I've only heard a few of the stories, so I know there's more out there of these miracles and these wonders that are happening. They're happening right here. And we're going to do that again this year. We plan on doing that a few more times this year of doing that. 
just laying on hands on people and having people pray for them, but you don't need to wait for those times. Because Arnie and Dee right here, most of the time after service, they're in this room right behind us, and they'll pray for you. They'll, they'll, they'll pray for you. They'll expect the same expectations of these miracles to happen. But you don't even need, if they're not there, you know, myself, Alex, Aiden, someone, one of us can, it doesn't have to be in that room. It can be in here. We can pray for you also, and if we're, you, we're not available, you can grab each other and pray for each other and have the same expectation to see these signs, to see these miracles, just like people were seeing in Stephen's time. When Stephen was doing that, and people saw what was happening. But when I start talking about these miracles, when I start talking about these things, there's always skeptics, aren't there? There's always people that go, I don't really like what you're talking about, because that just seems weird to me. That doesn't, I, they, they, they just maybe oppose God. They don't believe God can do that. They don't believe in Jesus. They, some of those skeptics even want to rise up and they want to just, you know what, you need to be quiet. You, you need to just, no. no. They maybe, and it even says in the scripture, they start to argue with Stephen. They want to argue with us. Say, God, God can't do that. There's a logical explanation for what happened. And so they try to be logical and they try to see if, Give us the logic of that person of, of, well, maybe they weren't really sick in the first place, or maybe it was this, or maybe it was that. And, and, and logic that I think a lot of us have heard, we've heard people say that. And they, when they say that wasn't God, there's some other reason. And, and then they go into some reason, and, and they, they, they maybe are smarter than us because they got a bunch of letters behind their name, and they went to a better school than I did. And they make a really good argument but we really don't understand what they're saying either because we don't understand the words they're using. But because they're professionals, people go, well, I need to listen to them. Or they, they see what's happening, but they can't explain it, so they want to dismiss it or they want to reject it. But the thing is, is those of us that believe, we can explain it, can't we? We can explain it because it's, it's really, it's what Jesus said would happen. He said this would happen. John 14, 12 tells us, it says, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same work I have done and even greater works. Even greater works. We can, we can do this. We can have signs and wonders and miracles. Miracles can still happen. Now, Stephen, like I said, we don't have any evidence. He wasn't a rabbi. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't a, one of the leaders of a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He was just an ordinary guy. Now, I want to share something with this passage. Something, as I was reading this over this passage and preparing for today, I just had this thought that kept coming to my mind over and over and over. And it was that of, like, the world just collapsing in on Stephen. That just that image just kept coming. Like when you feel like the world is collapsing in on you. Because here were his fellow Jews. People that, you know, he was Jewish. So the people that you would think would support you were all offended by what he was doing. They were arguing with him. His own people were arguing with him. Has anybody ever had that happen? Has anybody else had that? When the world just feels like it collapsed around, uh, around you. You're, you're, you're feeling like I'm on God's path. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And then the world, your, your friends or, or who you thought were your friends, just tell you to stop doing it. 
You can't do that. Why are you doing that? That's, why are you believing that? And they want to argue with you. I have a friend in El Salvador that he is, is he's an amazing man. But one of the things he has done, think of like here in Billings, we have the Alpha House or Passages or Alternatives, something like that. So it's kind of a pre-release center. He did this, he started one of these with an MS-13 gang members. These are gang members, and these guys are violent. Like, don't, I'm not kidding, these guys are violent. And these guys, but these are guys that accepted Jesus. These are guys that have in prison had a transformation in their lives, and they're a new person. And when they're released, they have nowhere to go. They, they, they want to live a life for God. And, and, and so he opened up this place so they can learn how to, to do some of what God has, has for them. And why does he do that? Because what's happening to Stephen, it's kind of the same thing that happens to them. If they go back into their, that life, that so-called family that they had, they all kind of turn on them. Say that Jesus thing, you can't do that. You're not going to succeed in that. You're going to fail. That Jesus, that thing isn't real. But that's Jesus hasn't changed their life yet. All kinds of things that Stephen might have been told because Stephen was doing this and the Jews didn't like what he was doing because it, it upset what their normal life was. And that's what these gang members were. They go back into that and the other gang members said, you can't do that. The reality is, is that they're going to be killed which we'll, we'll talk maybe a little about that about later. But these gang members, they see that this life in their gang, and that, that's the only way. That's the only way it is. Just like the Jews of that day were probably saying, this is the only way it is. This is the way it is. There's no other way out. But those that were close to the gang members, those, those that, that were close to that one that went to jail, those ones that hadn't, didn't go to jail, when they come back into that same life, they, they want you to come back in that same life that you had in jail, before jail. But it was before you knew Jesus. They don't want you to accept Jesus, Jesus, what Jesus can do in their lives. But the gang member getting out of prison, he wants nothing more than to tell the world about Jesus, to do the work that Jesus has for him. And we see the world rejecting it. Leaving probably that person like the fall world's falling in on them. Maybe that's how Stephen felt. But then we see this in verse 10. It says, none of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So here's God providing Stephen with what he needs to stand up to the world. When it feels like the world has turned his back on Stephen, when it feels like the world around you maybe is just falling apart, God through the spirit stepping in so that nothing can stand against him. Because God's on his side. I want you to look at Luke 21 with me. I'm going to start in verse 12. But it's, this is when Jesus, he's telling the apostles what is ahead. He's telling them what's ahead. But he says, this are, these are Jesus' words. <coughs> but before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before kings and governors. Because you are my followers. Now listen to this. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. Pause about, think about that for a little bit. 
You mean instead of looking at those times as something that the world's gonna, is just falling in on me, I'm being falsely accused of things. People are saying things that aren't true about me. They're judging me because of my faith in Jesus. When I'm doing what Stephen was doing, I'm doing the work that God wants me to do. I'm praying for people. I'm serving people. I'm loving people. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying for people. And there's miracles happens. And there's signs and wonders happening. Just because. But people are turning on me just because I believe and I've put my faith in Jesus. And now I'm in front of them. And they're wanting to persecute me. And what you're saying is, I shouldn't fear that, but I should look forward to that because that's an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. That's kind of mind-blowing. Is that how we see those opportunities? It happened in Stephen's time, and it is still happening. I looked at, a, at a, just a one statistic, just one magazine article this week. And, and, and from 2021, these are the stats they gave, said 360 million Christians, one in seven, worldwide suffered significant persecution. Every day in 2021, an average of 16 believers were killed by following Jesus. It's around 6,000 people a year. <coughs> that was a 24% increase in 2021. Are we willing to face that persecution? And do we see that <coughs> as an opportunity to share Jesus with people? According to this, in 2021, 360 million people felt that it was. Now think about that for a little while. Do I have this complete package like Stephen has? Knowing that I have what I need to stand up to whatever is against me. Now hear me on this. Doesn't mean nothing's ever going to happen to me. Doesn't mean, you guys, I'm sure you've seen them. You remember those giant, they're big inflatable balls and people get in the middle and they roll around and they bash into each other. And they bounce off and like nothing ever happens to them. Like it looks kind of fun, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't have this protective bubble around me. Well, I do have a protective bubble around me, but it's, it's God and it's the Holy Spirit. But we're going to see what happens to Stephen next week. Talk more about that. But that's not what our battle's against, is it? Our battles aren't against each other. Our battles are bigger than that. Our battles are against the spiritual realm. Some of you are going, yep, yep, you know what I'm talking about. This is in Ephesians 6. Starting in verse 10, it talks about putting on the full armor of God. If you're familiar with that, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that don't this week, write this down in Ephesians 6, 10. And just read that section. About putting on this armor of God. About our battle. It's not against each other. It's in the spiritual realm. But we're, we are in a battle. And are you willing to stand knowing nothing can stand against you? Because you have God on your side. Let me just, let me go on. Let me finish this section in Luke. These are, this is the last couple verses. It says, don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you. For I will give you the right words 
and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Isn't this what we see happening in this scripture? Isn't this what we see that tells us with Stephen? Nothing could stand up against him. Because Stephen had all of those qualities. He had the Holy Spirit. He had wisdom. He had faith. He had grace. And he had power. Power in the name of Jesus. If you can remember all the way back to last year when we looked at Acts 5. I know it's been a while. But when the people, when the people were seeing this, the apostles were doing the same stuff, the people rose up again. Like, you can't do that. No, we're trying to get rid of them. I said, we need to get rid of these guys. There was, a, there was a Pharisee named Gamaliel that stood up. And he said these words to the high council. These are what he said. He said, so my advice is, leave these men alone. Let them go. If they are planning on doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, you will not be able to overthrow them you may even find yourselves fighting against God. Do we realize that? That when those people stand up against us, for us doing God's works, for doing what God has us doing, they're fighting against God. This week, another one to read. Another section to read in Scriptures. Romans 8, 31 through 39. Verse section that a lot of you are going to be familiar with. Look at verse 38 and 39 with me. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, <clears throat> not our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when the world's fighting, when they're fighting against us, they're fighting against God. And nothing's ever going to be able to separate us from the love of God. But we have to know something. We have to realize something. We have to know that death is not the end. That life here on this earth this little moment, at this speck in time, that is temporary. And we need to begin to think in eternity. We need to think in eternity terms, not just my current little situation here. And when we begin to think in, in kingdom terms, God's kingdom, this everlasting kingdom, it changes things. So even when this world seems like it's falling apart and everything's even just coming down on me, Knowing if I have faith in Jesus, if I put my trust in Jesus, I've got God on my side fighting for us. God who nothing can stand against. But do you believe that? Do you know that? Is that who you have become in Christ? Do you know that you, we have been given this complete package just like Stephen when we put our faith in Jesus. It's the same Holy Spirit that came upon Stephen as it comes upon us. And are you ready to let Jesus do the work in your life and do the work that he has for you to do? It's, it might be risky. But there's a reward. 
There's a reward of this eternity with Jesus, this eternity of, of being in the love of God, being part of God's everlasting kingdom. So maybe we're tired of letting those critics in our life just have too loud of a voice, maybe determining our course of our life. Are you ready to let God instead give you the strength to stand up to them? Are you ready to realize that our God is bigger It's bigger than any of those critics, anything those critics can cast our way? I want you to hear me on this. I'm not promoting, I'm not telling you to go start some violent revolution. <laughs> Maybe I'm telling you to start a revolution. But it's going to look a lot different than what we think of as a revolution. Now, this is a Jesus revolution, but it's focusing on those five qualities, focusing on filled with the Holy Spirit. You're filled with wisdom. You have faith. You have grace, and you have power. And it's all in us to start this revolution for Jesus. It's not a revolution that's going to lead to violence or anger or rage or anything <clears throat> that is something other than, well, Jesus, our example, a humble servant who, by the way, gave his life for us. It's nothing other than what Jesus would do. We'll speak more of that in the next couple weeks because we're not quite there yet. But what we're told in this, this later on this little bit in this passage, we're told that his fellow Jews, his, his, his peeps, rose up, this, it's got a crowd of men to tell lies about Stephen, to speak all kinds of things, to then go to the leaders and the teachers of the law, that Stephen was, against, was speaking against the law of Moses, which in that day the leaders were the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin strictly followed the law of Moses. Like that was, you follow, adhered to that, and that's how you knew God, was following the laws of Moses. And so saying something like that, that, that offended them saying <coughs> that Stephen spoke against that law, that was like, that was speaking against their hero because Moses was their hero. And the text tells us that men were persuaded and false witnesses were brought before the leaders. Now, I don't know about you, but who likes that when people say lies about you, say things that aren't true about you, say misleading things? You know, this world, we talk about triggers. That's a pretty big trigger for me probably trigger for most of you when people say things that aren't true about me and say, say false things. This trigger gets a response from me. This week I received an email from a person and, well, I went from 100% calm to 100% angry because I was a little triggered. How did I respond? I didn't respond like Stephen. Let's look at how Stephen responded. It said, all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Probably like a little baby. Think of a little baby. A little baby has a face. Like just lights up a room. Just glows in a room. My face wasn't that of an angel. My face was more like this face. (laughs) And I acted on that angry face. And I did not, I didn't let God fight that battle. I let me fight that battle. And I, hate to admit it, but no, actually I will admit it, that that email that I sent was followed by some apology emails the next day. (laughs) So when pushback comes, when the world feels like it's craving in and everyone is against you, they're telling lies about you, 
They're, they're seeing, saying this, Jesus, that's, that's not true. That's a waste of time. When they're saying that, why are you doing this? When they're, they're, there is, there's falsehoods. They're, they're just attacking you for your personal character even, for doing God's work. When you're doing what Jesus wants you to do, when you're healing people, praying for people, when you're sharing Jesus with people, you're really being the hands and feet of Jesus. And they come after you. They did Stephen. Does your face shine like that of an angel? Something else that's interesting about this, of Stephen's face shining like an angel. Sadducees would have recognized that. Because the leaders would have seen that glow. They would have known that glow. Because that's the glow that Moses had when he came off of Mount Sinai. And he had the Ten Commandments in his hand. And they couldn't even look at Moses' face. Because Moses got done speaking with God. Being in God's presence, and it, it says his face glowed. That's the kind of glow that, that, that Stephen had. A shine that Stephen had for putting his faith in Jesus, walking with Jesus, having the Holy Spirit living inside of him, providing him with wisdom, with faith, with grace and power to stand before the rulers of that day and having his, his face shine like an angel. Look at Galatians 2.20 with me. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ who lives in all of us who believe. As I said, Stephen wasn't some supernatural person, just like you and me. He didn't have some crazy work ethic. He wasn't like a movie star and had some amazing looks or a really good plastic surgeon. But Stephen was this complete package. It was God working in him. It wasn't Stephen being some freak of nature. He wasn't an X-Man. He wasn't an Avenger. He was just like you. He was just like me. This is the same God. It's the same Jesus. It's the same Holy Spirit. The same complete package that all of us can have, all of us can become, if we choose to believe and let God do what God can do. Stephen didn't hang on to all his childhood problems. He didn't hang on to all of his adult problems. He didn't hang on to all this stuff that people were saying about him. He realized that he released everything to Jesus. And through this new life in Christ, he was transformed into this complete package. Are you ready to let Jesus do that same in your life? Because that's what Jesus is offering. If you accept it. Even when the world rises up against you, all the false claims, you're doing God's work, but the world still is caving in. Our faces can shine like an angel, and we can know that nothing can stand to our God. Lord, I just pray for this strength, this, this complete transformation in Stephen's life. Lord, I just pray for that for all of us in this room. I just pray just thank you, Lord, that we can, we don't have to have all of those things in our past to hold on. We can release them, Lord, and we know that nothing can stand against you. Lord, I pray for all of us that our, root, that our faces shine like an angel. Lord, that we put our faith in you and that we realize that we are in your presence always. That we have you living in us. The Holy Spirit comes on us and guides us.